0: I'm Philippa Tolley and welcome to RNZ's Insight programme. And this week, the rescue of New Zealand's fresh water. Summertime is water time, well, when the sun shines. But warnings over the quality of New Zealand's lakes and riverways have been as prolific as ever, despite action and plans to improve matters. And there's still debate over what quality means for fresh water. This Insight asks, is action being taken quickly enough. New Zealand is rich when it comes to its freshwater resource. Even in inner city areas, there are people who give up their spare time to help restore waterways, such as Trelissick Park in Wellington, a tongue of bush running down the Nio Gorge, with a stream running along the bottom into the harbour. The chairman of the Trelissick Park Group, Peter Ryman says the area is popular with walkers. Parents bring their children to splash in the stream and dogs are allowed to run off the leash. It also provides an important habitat for several fish species. There's various there native
1: fish species, uh, kōaro, cockapoo, bully, inanga, and eels mostly um, and Also the occasional trout, which is a pest because it preys on the young native species and also competes for food. And uh, there's one part of the park which has uh, original forest remnant, and we're part of the ecological corridor that
0: goes all the way from the harbour up through Trillisic Park. But despite the best efforts of Peter Ryman and his team, at times this waterway, like many others, suffers pollution from stormwater runoffs, sewage leaks, rubbish and pest plants, and the problems with nutrient leaching and bacteria are even worse in rural areas. Valuable natural asset.
2: Potentially, freshwater offers us even greater economic opportunities, but we know we're not using it as efficiently as we could be. As
3: our grows, this Ministry
0: this for the Environment, environment video outlines potentially so better ways of managing New Zealand's fresh water. Our that our need, need to do things better was flagged by the Commissioner for the Environment, Jan Wright, who in her end-of-year end message spoke of the need to face up to some so major issues. Number one, climate change, and from number from two, like water quality.
2: The Government has a plan for more productive and sustainable use of our fresh water
0: but is enough being done at the pace required? Canterbury has been the focus of attention with water problems such as over-allocation and severe pollution. At Canterbury University's Waterway Centre, the Professor of Strategic Water Management, Brian Jenkins, outlines how the region is home to 70% of New Zealand's groundwater. The plains above are intensively farmed and irrigated using water from both above and below the ground. While most of the region's lowland streams and rivers have suffered from poor quality for decades, he says a degree of degradation is now being seen in the Foothill rivers and also in previously pristine high country lakes.
4: This appears to be in the Mackenzie Basin. I mean, there has certainly been land use intensification more recently in the Mackenzie Basin. That is certainly showing up in the downstream uh, high country lakes.
0: The Commissioner for the Environment, Jan Wright, says it's enormously important to New Zealanders to be able to swim in rivers on hot summer days. But she does acknowledge the difficulties in setting a quality baseline that all waterways be safe to swim in. When I was a child we used to go to Coase
3: Ford, which you cannot swim in at all now, Selwyn River. It's part of our natural heritage that's precious to many of us. But on the other side, it is certainly true that there are some places where nobody would want to swim. It might be just too cold or too fast or too dangerous or whatever for some reason. So to sort of make a decree that every single place should be swimmable is not necessarily right. So where I end up is I think we need to be aspirational and practical. So the way I would approach this is to say swimmability is is what we start with. If you, a council, want to make a case for a particular water area or river or lake or whatever it is not being swimmable then you have to justify that and say why to your community and explain why and have it out there locally
0: When I visited Coase Ford a couple of weeks ago there were children playing but they weren't in the water, they were getting their fun from throwing green slime at each other An engineer and member of the North Canterbury Fishing Game Council, Alan Strong, knows the area well, as his family have had a batch on the Selwyn River since he was a child. He told me it's nothing like the river of the past.
1: I'm not sure that it would even uh, qualify as a creek, to be honest. It's flowing at about 50 litres a second now. Which is and
0: so how much is that?
1: So um, to put that into a sort of context people might understand that's probably two or three three um, 20 liter buckets a second being thrown in which essentially means you could jump it in one large stride.
0: In the past would that have been clear?
1: Yeah, yeah, so it, it did used to be clear and um, you know it was a, pretty much a free flowing stone river and, and looked really good. At the moment it's just full of algae and, and other um, slime and, and um, uh, weed growth, nuisance weed growth. So what water's is there is practically covered with weed, very unattractive.
0: Alan Strong is pretty certain irrigation has a significant role to play in the reduced river levels, but Environment Canterbury's chief scientist, Tim Davey, points the finger in another direction.
5: The Selwyn River is really low right now, predominantly because we've had two and a half very dry winters, which and that drives the groundwater, and the groundwater levels are very low. Irrigation and water takes adds to that. There's no doubt about it. It, it, it is a... a um, an extra factor on top of that, but it is relatively small compared to the amount uh, that comes in through a decent winter recharge.
0: Professor Jenkins, who is also a former chief executive of Environment Canterbury, or ECAN, says many river flows have been affected by the amount of water taken for irrigation, and some of the current systems need to change.
4: New Zealand does have some of the best specifications in the world for maintaining flow regimes for um, river management. But most of the focus in the past has been setting um, what are called minimum flows, the flows at which people have to stop irrigating so that the river is not drawn down further by irrigation. It may go below that number naturally. If you look at the more recent science that's come about, a lot of the levels that were set previously are too low. They actually need to be raised.
6: My involvement in water probably started in 1995 when I got involved in an irrigation company in, in South Canterbury, uh, Levels Plain Irrigation, which is one of the oldest irrigation companies in the country. And from there, went on to become a director of Horticots New Zealand, Irrigation New Zealand. I uh, was the CEO. Peter Scott of- is
0: one of the newly elected councillors on ECAN, and he has a long pedigree in irrigation sitting beside the Avon River with reconstruction work going on around. He says understanding of the over-allocation issue in the Canterbury Basin has been growing since 2010.
6: We've got better science, we understand what's happened, Um, so we're not blaming anyone. And those people that are taking water aren't stealing it, they've got a consent to take it. So we've probably made some mistakes in in terms of the way we've allocated water in the past. And that's my issue. My issue is quantity. If we had a better quantity of water, if it was allocated properly, our water quality wouldn't be as bad as what it is in the lowland streams.
0: ECAN says 100% of water consent holders in Canterbury are fully compliant with their allocation conditions or have agreed actions in place to become fully compliant and all water takes are metered. Peter Scott says no matter how much time, effort and money goes into planning, there's a need to make sure those plans work.
7: And I
6: think that's the issue. We know where we want to go. We've got the people to make that happen, but some it's going to be tough. It's particularly tough on farmers and, pe- and in areas where water is overallocated. How do we? Address so, what
0: does it? What do you mean by tough? You mean they're going to lose their supply possibly?
6: Well, I think that 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 in some cases they possibly will lose um, access to their reliability, not supply in total, but access to their reliability. But we've paid attention to what the community wants, and the community wants. Um, they want uh, their lowland streams to have more water in them. And that's, so that's, that's the issue. How do we get that? How do we do that? Uh, and so it's going to require some money, and it's probably going to require a bit of pain too, you know.
0: Peter Scott thinks the message has got through to farmers about the impact of agriculture on waterways, and he doubts that water quality is getting worse, even though it may take decades to get better. But for now, the water quality problems are still occurring. Over Waitangi weekend, Cantabrians were warned to avoid contact with 10 waterways contaminated by toxic algae. The Canterbury Medical Officer of Health, Alistair Humphrey, said contact could cause rashes, nausea, stomach cramps and numbness around the mouth and fingertips, and was potentially fatal to dogs.
8: So we are by the banks of the Heathkit River, um, Heathkit or Powahoe River, And alongside the uh, Avon or Takaro River, these are the spring fed darlings of Christchurch City. I say darlings.
0: Water ecologist uh, Lan Farm is another of the newly elected councillors on the Canterbury Regional Council. As children happily feed the ducks, she outlines how it's not just rural based waterways that are suffering from low quality, but urban ones as well, such as the rivers in central Christchurch. ECAN monitoring points on the Avon and the Heathcote Rivers that check for levels of faecal contamination describe the quality as very poor. Land Farm says it's more than just bacteria in the urban waterways.
8: They're struggling. They have really poor water quality, um, and that's really issues around so much stormwater, which is filled with various hydrocarbons, heavy metals, sediment all the nasties from our roads.
0: Work is going on to try to improve the Avon and there are management plans and restoration projects underway. But Lan Farm wants much more to be done.
8: Usually to really make a difference it involves a lot of investment um, to be able to use um, restoration tools like a sediment wand which actually suck out the sediment from the bed and basically clean the rocks. And that allows the native fish and invertebrates to recover somewhat.
0: At the end of the Selwyn River is Lake Ellesmere, Te Waihora, the largest lake in Canterbury. The Department of Conservation describes it as the most important wetland habitat of its type in New Zealand. But it too is struggling. I visited Te Waihora, Lake Ellesmere, ten years ago for an insight exploring the same issue, water quality. As we stood on the shore, the Environment Officer of North Canterbury Fishing Game, Jason Holland, described the state of the water.
6: I guess it's hard to convey on radio just how disgusting this water quality is. Um, It's pretty much black. If water could be black, then this would be it. So there is no way in heck that anybody would want to go swimming here. And again, it it all relates to the lack of fresh water coming from the, the rivers. ...into the lake itself. Now you get a situation where the lake waters are actually flowing up... ...and providing most of the, the water to the lower parts of of these rivers.
0: I've read some things which actually describe the lake as dead. It's probably going a bit too far. But I mean, how unwell is it?
6: Um, it's... it's are we
0: talking almost terminal here?
6: I think we're pretty much talking a, a chronic terminal illness. Um, and we're hoping like heat that someone can come up with a miracle cure.
0: Alan Strong says as a child and teenager, he swam here frequently not something he would do now. He shares very similar feelings to those expressed by Jason Holland a decade ago.
1: It certainly is uh, in trouble. I'm not sure if it's in intensive care, but it's certainly in hospital. Um, There's still a commercial eel fishery here and um, flounder fishery. There's still some very good trout floating around within the Ellesmere system from time to time. And also quite a lot of white bait are still coming in when the lake is open to the sea and coming up the tributary rivers. So it's certainly not dead, but it very much needs some help.
0: Te Waihora is special for Naitahu, and the lake bed was vested to the iwi in their 1998 Treaty of Waitangi Deed of Settlement. David Peranara O'Connell is employed by ECAN to manage the relationship with Naitahu, and he says despite its degraded state, the lake is still a tribal treasure.
2: For my hapu at Taumotu, for Naita Rua, Rua Hikihiki, and, and the other hapu around the Banks Peninsula, um, absolutely it's still a Tonga. Uh, it will never be anything else for, for us at Taumutu it is us, it is who we are as a people and so as we've done um, for many years we'll continue to fight for the restoration of the, of the lake the challenges for Waihura began right back soon after Kemp's purchase in 1848 and, and the, the drainage of the lake through the, the 1860s
0: but that doesn't mean he's entirely happy with the current quality of the lake.
2: If I quote my auntie Aki, um, who's uh, uh, one of our kaumatua um, from Taumutu, you know she ha- remembers a lake um, that uh, had areas of clear water, um, streams that had much greater flow, and in her elderly years um, she got to the point where she wouldn't encourage her, her mokopuna, her grandchildren, to go and and swim or wade in the lake just because it posed risk to her whānau. In saying that, still numerous whānau who, during the Heketuna, the eel migrations, fish for for party
0: Even with the levels of pollution present, ECAN's chief scientist, Tim Davies, speaks about a highly productive lake with harvestable qualities of eel, flounder and abundant bird life. But he acknowledges the levels of nutrients such as nitrogen have made the lake eutrophic or excessively full of nutrients and there are frequent warnings over toxic algal blooms. Dr Davey talks of the quality growing worse before it gets better as nutrients make their way through the water system. But he says a great deal of work has been done with fencing and planting on the riparian strip between the land and the water and there is increasing knowledge of what is actually happening. Now management plans are being introduced to help reduce nitrates. Fencing
5: and the riparian management does very little for nitrogen. It does it for sediment, it does it for E. coli and it does it for phosphorus, but very little for nitrogen. The controls around nitrogen are to do with uh, stocking rates and and, uh, the amount of of urea that's put on and, and things like that. And there are tight controls that are coming in through the plan around the outputs allowed from each of the farms. So that that's a, a controlling mechanism around the nitrogen leaching that's allowed from individual farms, and that's, that was probably the central point of the Samoa Plan, was around that.
0: And coming in, how quickly are they coming in?
5: They are being phased in, so they're not um, all there right now. Over the next five to ten years, that there will be uh, tighter and tighter controls around that.
0: David Paranara O'Connell says sharing governance over Te Waihora with the local councils of Canterbury has been a huge step forward in working to restore the health and the maori, or life force, of the lake.
2: These aren't the making of recent politics. These are historic and, and legacy issues um, for us as a as a community. And so, uh, I guess, working together... And looking, seeking the solution together is is what is ideal. Um, Using issues as political footballs to create political mileage is not something we're intent on buying into.
0: But the Green Party is intent on making water quality a top political issue. Catherine Delahunty is the party's water spokesperson and she's adamant that the government is not responding to the problems affecting fresh water with enough urgency – She says only remote waterways away from agriculture and people appear to be safe and many New Zealanders now assume most water is
7: polluted. I think many people can remember when this wasn't the case, where we didn't assume the worst, where food um, gathering and swimming and recreation was safe in most rivers and now we have the opposite situation where questions are in everybody's minds every time they go to a waterway and that's, that's a disaster for our country for so many
0: reasons. Others would say it's also a sign of our economic success in, in the rural area, it, uh, growing cities. There have to be compromises and
7: balances reached. Well, I think that's just really short term thinking because actually our economy is based on our environment. And, you know, water is the basis of. All successful um, communities. It costs our economy and it will continue to cost millions of dollars if we don't start cleaning up now and we can have profitable um, farms, we can have clean and living cities based on good urban design.
0: The Minister for the Environment, Nick Smith, rejects suggestions that a change in the rural economy is the solution.
9: People wrongly want to drive the debate around fresh water into a simple binary choice of either the environment or the economy. It is our government's view that with smart science good farming practice, good management, we are able to both improve the quality of our water and the way that it is managed improve New Zealand's access to it for recreational and other purposes at the same time as using that water resource uh, to create jobs and wealth for our country.
0: The Green Party wants the bottom line for quality to be swimmable water and Catherine Delahunty has little faith that the plans and actions being rolled out now will come good in the end.
7: Right now, for example, government says that rivers only have to be wadeable. And so that sends a message out to the regional councils who set the rules and to the endless community stakeholder forums that, uh, that the regional councils are delegating power to, to set rules that meet the interests of people who are still wanting industrial-scale agriculture, still wanting more animals on the land, still wanting to be... Um, a get-out-of-jail-free card, if you like. And so it won't be better later if we don't set really strong rules now.
0: ECAN's chief scientist, Tim Davey, says for Te Waihora, Lake Ellesmere and the surrounding systems, any transformation will be slow, but that management plans could be enough to bring about improvements without a need to change the way the land is used for intensive farming.
5: All of the modelling work that's been done, all of the understanding would suggest that that is enough to get the catchment or get the lake into a better state.
0: But Te Waihora, Lake Ellesmee, is not alone in its water quality plight. Here in the Wairarapa, there are several lowland lakes. Lake Wairarapa, where I am, and Lake Onoki sit in the middle of surrounding farmland and are still important wildlife habitats, but on a blustery day like this have a choppy, dirty look to them. But it's not just appearance, the water quality is actually degraded. The lakes have high concentrations of nutrients, algae and a very obvious poor water clarity. As with their southern counterpart, government and local authorities are spending several million dollars on fencing, planting, wetland restoration and improving effluent and fertiliser management. Back in Christchurch, Land Farm is less than impressed with the standards set out for New Zealand in the National Policy Statement freshwater management released in 2014
8: the limits they're setting yes they're the first time we've had limits in our waterways and that's great that is a positive step but when you're putting limits for example on nitrogen that are many many times you know greater than what's already in some of our most polluted rivers I mean that's just a joke and you know from a freshwater ecologists point of view it's it's laughable.
0: So why isn't there national agreement on what the benchmark for quality should be? The Minister for the Environment, Nick Smith, points to the range of river systems and climatic conditions in New Zealand and their effect on whether there will be algal blooms. He says while it's important to ensure safety, it will be inappropriate to set one level for nitrogen.
9: That's where we do have this tension as to what things is it sensible to regulate at a national level, and we would argue that faecal coliform count uh, should be, but an issue likes of nitrate actually does depend on the river system and to simplistically apply one number over the whole country, the consensus of both the science and the advisor I have received from the Land and Water Forum is it would not make sense and would not work.
0: He says getting good information needs to be the starting point. The real difficulty
9: that we've had in water quality data In which I, as Minister for the Environment, being able to make definitive statements about the quality of our water, is that every one of our regional councils measures it differently. And so that data has not been comparable. I've been working with the scientific community, with the regional councils, on getting standardised reporting so I can get good information. Uh, But the claims that are made that 50% of New Zealand waterways are not fit for swimming is not true if you take a representative sample to give you the exact number I'm going to need to get that work completed which is very close.
0: Nick Smith says being able to get out on and into the water is in New Zealanders DNA and he's been listening to worries about whether water is fit to swim in.
9: It is true that to set a standard that said every water body has to be swimmable all of the time and it's a breach of the national rules um, is, is simply Uh, not doable. All of our river systems during a major flush would breach those levels. Now uh, we've heard the message. From the consultation uh, over the next steps on freshwater improvement, uh, that people want to see a focus uh, on swimmability. That's why I'm having so much work done in that particular area. Uh, And the government is proposing refinements in that policy to make plain our expectation that New Zealanders want more of their lakes and rivers to be swimmable more of the time.
0: For all the work that's being done in regional councils and on farms, Catherine Delahunty is worried that even more serious freshwater issues could be looming.
7: Well, I think the signs of ecological collapse in freshwater are fairly serious. I'm not a scientist, I'm not an expert, but I get water alerts and every single day I get a water alert that tells me there's an algae bloom, there's a a lake that's looking poor, there's a river that's um, not, not in good health. There's a crisis with some of the biodiversity. Um, You know, the the native fish are are highly endangered. There's just so many indicators that things aren't right. So I don't think we're looking at 40 to 50 years' time. I think we're getting very close to some rivers being in real trouble.
0: Professor Jenkins fears there's not enough recognition of the scale of effort needed to really turn the situation around. If you look at some of the
4: more recent work that's been coming out... The groups have been developing what are called solution packages. They are designed to address the water quality issues. But what is also interesting in terms of all of those reports that they have prepared, they all say this is a first step. This level of intervention, and they're quite significant levels of intervention they're talking about, is not sufficient to achieve the water quality outcomes that people have an expectation of our rivers and lake systems. And they're still to be
0: implemented. Does the Commissioner for the Environment, Jan Wright, think action is being taken fast enough? It does need to go a lot faster, that's all I can say. The answers aren't necessarily easy.
3: I mean, do you take away uh, farms that have already been developed and intensified? At what point do you say no more dairy conversions here? And by 2025, it's about setting targets, it's not about action. And action comes later. So, no, it's not
0: great. Nick Smith says the current government regards freshwater quality as the second most important environmental challenge after climate change, and he appears to be planning additional measures to the overarching national policy statement that might emerge soon. In the meantime, he's adamant the government is taking robust action.
9: I do not believe it is credible to say that there has been a reduction in standards uh, around uh, the levels that are being set. It is absolutely true. That freshwater uh, quality science has made huge steps forward over the last 40 years, and those standards are being revised as we have better scientific information.
0: For ECAN councillor and water ecologist Lan Farm, the sort of degradation now affecting so many of Canterbury's waterways is a dereliction of duty to future generations.
8: That kind of wholesale, you know, massive scale pollution of Canterbury aquifers and rivers. Is a huge intergenerational injustice issue because it's basically saying we are not concerned about future generations being able to have options for land use, options for growing the economy, options even just you know for, for the basics for drinking.
0: And as an indication of how far apart views over water quality still are, Larn Farms' fellow councillor and irrigation expert Peter Scott considers one of the biggest challenges remaining is to convince people that enough is being done.
6: The farmers and EKN are having good conversations around this. I think the biggest issue that we have is winning hearts and minds of, of people, the urban people to say, look, this is exactly what we're doing and this is working and, and, and this is how we're going to tackle the issue. And I think that's a huge issue. I'm not, I'm not sure how we do that.
0: This being election year, there will be many campaigning for New Zealand's water quality to be one of the central issues. I'm Philippa Tolley and that's Insight for this week. If you'd like to get in touch or share your thoughts on this programme, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at insight at radio Our Twitter handle is at InsightRNZ. I wrote and presented that programme. It was produced by Gail Woods with technical production by Phil Bench. If you'd like to explore other insights, head to iTunes, where you can subscribe and give us a rating, or visit the Insight webpage at radioNZ.co.nz. Thanks for listening.